This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us and for following Working Like Dogs on Instagram and Facebook. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis, and my co-host is my adorable service dog, Lovey. And we're thrilled to be with you to talk about our favorite subject, working dogs and working animals. And today, we're so excited to be visiting with retired Air Force veteran, Stacy Pearsall and America's Vet Dogs, Charlie. And you may have seen Stacy and Charlie on NBC's Today Show. Charlie, who is an adorable black lab, appeared on the Today Show and we watched him grow and blossom for 15 months as he was in training to become a service dog. And Charlie was placed with Stacy. And they're here today to talk with us about their new partnership as a working service dog team. So come right back after these quick messages as we welcome Stacy Pearsall and Charlie to the show. Sit, stay, we'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Molly, here's your dinner. <coughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. We're so excited to welcome Stacy and Charlie to the show. Hello, Stacy. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're so excited that you could be with us. You two superstars who've been on the Today Show. I think Charlie's the superstar. I'm just the hanger on. <laughs> well, I think you're definitely a superstar by affiliation for sure. And what an incredible and amazing journey you and Charlie have been on over these past months. Is it starting to all sink in, Stacy? Are you two beginning to settle in together? We have been together just under a month now. And, you know, come New Year's, that'll be officially one month. I feel like we've come so far already, and he's such an integral part of my life that I can't imagine that it has been a month. It feels like it's been so much longer. Yeah, 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 because I'm sure you two are already so bonded that it's like it's like you become one person, right? Um, yeah. So that's so beautiful. And, and so quickly, because you guys have been through so much over that month, what a whirlwind it's been. Yeah, 
Yeah, from the moment we left the Today Show after being introduced, he went back to that dog's and also continued to go to the Today Show with Olivia Poff. And we had a couple weeks apart over the Thanksgiving break. Right after Thanksgiving, they they thrust us together for a week of intense training out in Long Island at the Vet Dogs uh, compound. And then from there, we had some sort of a, an unorthodox, unique training in that we went on the road together. So yeah. Olivia Poff and Katie Ruiz from America's Vet Dogs and Charlie myself, we all went down to Atlanta where I was having a Veterans Portrait Project event. So they actually trained me while on location for work. That was exceptionally cool. And then they they drove me all the way to Charleston, South Carolina afterwards so we could train in my house together. And then if that wasn't enough, we went out to the stables where I have my horses. We also trained with my domesticated dogs. And then we went back to New York City to wrap it all up on the Today Show. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's what I was wondering is how did they juggle all of that to get you and Charlie the training that you needed together and get you prepared to be a working team? So that's so great that they were able to tailorize that to your life. Yeah, I think there was a lot of unique circumstances in that, you know, with the Today Show, they had a schedule and Charlie's schedule, and we really didn't quite fit into the normal class schedule. So we would have been, you know, in the normal two-week on location at Vet Dogs, you know, training facility. But there was nothing, nothing normal about the case between Charlie, me, and, and our training. Well, I think that's probably better for you personally, just because you got to have the trainers on site with you and you were doing your work and really in your life, which is so great because there's so many different things. that It's so different. I've been through a two-week training facility and that's wonderful and, and it's definitely intense, but it's different when you're out in the real world. So that's right. so cool that you got to take them to Atlanta and on the road. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, um, first of all, we really want to honor your service, Stacy, and give us a little bit of history about that and about your time with the United States Air Force. Just share with us what you feel comfortable sharing about your experience in the Air Force and, and what led you to your retirement. Well, I was a combat photographer. And my job was to basically deploy all over the world and photograph the military story, both humanitarian relief assignments, training, and of course, combat operations. So I deployed for three different combat deployments. On my first ground combat deployment, I was hit by a roadside bomb and recovered. But during the time, I sustained both a cervical neck trauma and a a traumatic brain injury both of which I really concealed quite well and kept working because that's all I really wanted to do. And lo, during the last deployment, I got hit by another roadside bomb, which left my already injured neck much more weakened. And I was wearing 60 pounds worth of gear and body armor and camera equipment. And that continued to wear at my injury quite a bit. And I had some pretty bad nerve damage and neuropathy started to kick in. And I kept dropping my equipment and the pain was pretty intense. Finally, I had another injury during a night, which I'm not going to get too much into. Suffice to say, I came off my feet during the middle of a firefight, and that was pretty much the last straw my body could handle. And my battle buddy, who was a videographer, she had been shot six weeks into our deployment, had volunteered to come back, and had been recuperating and going to the doctor daily for physical therapy. So she talked me into going to the doctor, and I went very begrudgingly. And then just four hours later, I was on a medevac helicopter to the big hospital because my cervical spine had was in pretty bad state and 
just a few days after that, I was on the medical rotator home. And just a few short months after that, I found myself on the fast track for a medical retirement. It all happened very quickly. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot to absorb. Yeah, of your life changing that much so quickly. So after you got out, so that was quite a transition for you coming back. And I can only imagine what that was like and and learning to live a new life after what your body had endured. And you're working on a really awesome project now, the Veterans Portrait Project. So tell us when you got back from your service, how did you get involved with the Veterans Portrait Project? (laughs) Well, like so many things in life, it was very unexpected. And as I said, it was not... Not, not really something I wanted to do in terms of a retirement. It was something that was kind of forced on me as an ultimatum. And the Air Force put me on temporary retirement where I, I began to get my medical treatment from the VA hospital. And being young, being a woman, I definitely did not fit the status quo in terms of what military veterans are. And imagine, say that to yourself, you say veteran and an image conjures in your mind that isn't a woman, that isn't young. And saying that I was an anomaly was an understatement. And I felt that way. I felt like I was marginalized and I constantly had to basically fight for the same care that the my male counterparts were getting. And, and moreover, I always felt like the guys were staring at me as if, oh, I'm bringing my grandpa's to his doctor's appointment, or oh, I must be a VA volunteer, or oh, I must be a Red Cross volunteer. And that really frustrated me to no end. And plus, I was not healthy. I was unwell. Physically, I was in so much pain and they were just filling me with all kinds of pain medication. And psychologically, I was dealing with some some unaddressed post-traumatic stress and everything was coming down all at once. Therefore, one day I was waiting at the VA hospital to see my neurologist. And like so many other times, I'd waited two hours past my appointment time and I was feeling extra crouchy when an elderly gentleman came and he sat to my right and I could see him just staring at me out of the corner of my eye and my internal monologue kicked in and was thinking about all the really mean things I could say to him that would make him stop staring at me. But instead, I just turned to him and I asked him if there was something I could help him with. And honestly, that was just the window of opportunity he was looking for to have a conversation. So he started talking to me about his own experience in combat. The only difference was his was World War II. So he'd survived Normandy. He liberated a concentration camp. I mean, this man was a national treasure, the greatest generation. And I was about to tell him where to go. Not very nice. But in that moment, I had an epiphany. Here, this whole time, I was thinking that people were judging me. And it was honestly the other way around. I was the one who was being prejudiced. And I was the one who was being judgmental. So in that moment... All the doctors had ever told me was I wasn't going to be able to lift anything heavy. I couldn't stand for prolonged periods of time. All the things that I can't and wouldn't do. And I fixated on that. I fixated on all the things they told me I shouldn't and couldn't do. And in meeting this gentleman, I realized, why am I letting somebody else dictate my life? And so I started bringing my camera to my doctor's appointments subsequently after that and taking portraits of veterans like Mickey Dorsey who was the World War II veteran that inspired my project. And in the first year of doing that, I photographed 300 veterans and archived their stories. And what I did with the pictures was I gave them back to the veterans and thanked them for their service. And what I didn't realize is as I was photographing these veterans, their experiences validated my own, their feelings justified my own, and I felt like I wasn't alone. And that healing process was so cathartic that I just decided I was going to photograph veterans in every state. So here I am 10 years later. (laughs) 
I love that, Stacy. That's so awesome. And isn't that amazing how we realize? Because I can't say that I share your experience in any way, but as a woman with a disability and living with a disability for so many years, for decades, it's so true that you can project that, that you can think that it's about you. And then when you turn that around and, and use your energy for something so positive to give back to others, it just impacts you in ways that you could never imagine. I mean, look at you today, you and Charlie. I know. Wow. And that self-awareness, though, if that's just the key that when you get that and have those epiphanies and what you can give back. And even though when we feel like our bodies are limited and we, you know, have all these things we're dealing with, there's still so much we can do to give back and make such an impact. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. It's so powerful. And I love that. So once you started doing the photographs, when did you think about getting a service dog and how did how did you have that epiphany? Well, it was very begrudgingly, honestly. And you know, the, Frank, and here's the honest truth. I hid all of my disabilities from everybody. And it's hard for me not to get emotional because I was so stubborn and much to the detriment of my own physical well-being. I, even my assistants who were nearest me, I didn't tell them to the extent of what my problems were. And it was not good. I mean, I pushed myself so hard that I had a grand mal seizure about two years ago. And I mean, I think I was having seizures prior to that, but they were so minute. They weren't really detectable. But again, I I didn't tell people my problems. Therefore, I never asked for help. And I didn't, I didn't want it. I didn't want people to know. I pushed myself so hard that I had that grand mal seizure and realized I couldn't go on the way that I was. And that, that it wasn't going to be so much of a problem if I were to just say I need help. For me, all those years, it was just because I hadn't come to grips with it yet. And I didn't want people to coddle me. I didn't want them to treat me different. I didn't want to be uninvited from the party because I thought it was going to be too much for me. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It is. You don't want to be labeled. You don't want other people to, like you said, to feel like they have to act differently around you or or make concessions for you. Yeah, because you're still you. You still want to want to be you. But it's reality, though. Yeah. Yeah. And that thing is the reality was my husband, he travels for work. I travel for work. And when my husband was getting ready to go out of town, he's like, you know what? I can cancel this trip. I'm like, why would you do that? He's like, well, what if you have a seizure in the kitchen with boiling water? Or what if you get dizzy and you fall over and you bust your head open? What's going to happen then? You know, and all these what ifs. And I'm like, honey, just go. The life is not going to stop because you're on a work trip. It could happen while you're here. What's going to happen? And not, not just that, but as my work colleagues began to discover as I began to reveal more about my challenges, they too felt a little burdened. Not, And I'm saying burdened because I'm projecting that onto them. They never said that in themselves. But I didn't want to burden them with all of these responsibilities, you know, yeah. in addition to their regular work, which was the Veterans Portrait Project. It wasn't about babysitting me. Yeah. So did you know so about service that- dogs before or did somebody at the Veterans Center tell you about them? How did you think that a service dog might be able to help you with your independence? 
over the course of the Veterans Portrait Project, I met a number of veterans who had service dogs for a variety of, of different disabilities. And I always, every single one of them, I thought in the back of my mind, I'm like, I should have a service dog. Yeah. But, then, <laughs> but then I would discount I would discount myself right in that very same breath and say, oh, you got this. You can do it without this help. And again, that's me being stubborn. So after I had my grandma seizure, I had the Veterans Portrait Project at a VFW convention. It just so happened that Joe Worley from America's Vet Dogs and Kent Fife as well, both were there with their service dogs. And I got to talking to them about my present state and thinking that I was kind of vacillating about applying for a service dog. And they were like, just do it. Get online today. Put your application in and just do it. So I did. As soon as I got home from that trip, I put an application in. And a few weeks later, I was qualified for a service dog and I got put on the wait list. Oh my gosh. Well, hold that thought because we're going to take just a quick break and hear some important messages from our sponsors and we're going to come back and we want you to keep telling us what happened next. So hang tight. We'll be right back. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Everything we tried failed except the Dynavite. Pick up two bottles of Super Mega Fish Oil. Get the third bottle free. Packed with omega-3, DHA, and EPA fatty acids. Super Mega is great for your dog's immune system, healthy skin, and soft, shiny fur. Dogs love it. Try Super Omega Fish Oil. Buy two. Get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Today we're visiting with Stacy Pearsall and Charlie about their placement and their new partnership together. And before the break, Stacy was telling us about how she actually made the decision to apply for a service dog. So Stacy, after you applied, how long was the waiting list? What did they tell you after you got approved to officially be on the wait list? Well, America's Vet Dogs was very good about always following up, at least quarterly. And I knew that the wait list was going to be long because they they did warn me that it would be several months, if not a year or more. And, you know, because we had Afghanistan and Iraq War veterans, plus all the veterans prior to our services, and there are many people in need, the wait was long. And frankly, it was two years. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, there just aren't enough dogs for as many of us that need them. And two years is actually pretty good. When I got my first dog, it was four years. So yeah, it it is a, a definitely a wait time. So you saw Charlie on his first day at the Today Show, right? You were watching TV that morning and saw him. It was exactly six months after I put my application in that my husband and I were watching the Today Show one morning and out popped this little <laughs> black lab puppy. Yeah. And I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. And, then they, and then they said, vet dogs. And I was like, wait, honey, that's the service dog organization I applied for. And he was like, really? I said, yeah, he's the cutest thing. I have, would have never guessed that Charlie was to become part of my life. Did you watch him over the time? As, as Absolutely. All- yeah, as all of us did, right? Yep, he was so adorable. When he came out that first day with that little bandana that he had around his neck, oh my gosh, what a little bundle. 
too adorable. So when did you find out that you were going to be placed with Charlie? It was a couple weeks prior to Veterans Day, and I got a call from a number of people from America's Vet Dogs, as I believe they were trying to ascertain whether I was the exact right fit for Charlie. I think there were a number of people they were considering, but they were just doing sort of final interviews and just making apps. I mean, obviously, Charlie's very special to so many people, so they wanted to ensure that, that I was going to be the right veteran for him. Yeah, I can only imagine what a monumental decision that was for them after America has followed and fallen in love with Charlie over these 15 months that that he was right in in our TV every morning in our homes. Yeah, Yeah, that's a big responsibility for you to be placed with that. How do you feel about that? Well, they definitely did warn me, you know, with Charlie comes great responsibility. (laughs) But I I was totally ready for that because in the number of years that I have been out there with the Veterans Portrait Project, my life is already very public and my life is in front of cameras. It's it's talking to people and, and raising awareness about veterans and veterans issues and disabilities. So having Charlie become part of that sort of evangelism, if you will, just made complete and utter sense. Like we were a match made in heaven, honestly. Yeah. Well, I know. And that's one of the things that I quickly learned when I got my first service dog was that I had a role to play. Not only was I given this incredible animal that was changing my life and giving me independence, but with that came the responsibility that I had to answer a lot of questions about her. And I had to realize when I went out in public that I was basically on a stage that I had to answer a lot of questions. So that definitely comes with the territory, but you were that magnified by a gazillion because of, of Charlie being on the Today Show. Right. But I, I'm so glad that, that that you're comfortable with that and that that's such a beautiful piece of it that you're giving back to so many people. So when did you first meet Charlie? So once they were deciding or were, was it when you were in the interview phase that you met Charlie before no. you knew for sure? No, Charlie and I met sight unseen. We met out there on the plaza of the Today Show on another <laughs> red carpet event. So in case you missed it, Charlie was behind a curtain. I saw it with the band yeah. playing. Yes. Yeah. Oh so he basically repeated his inaugural, yes. you know. Yeah, his inaugural Thank you. Yes, yes. And he came running down and of course, you know, he's like, do I go to Olivia? Who do I go to? And Olivia was so supportive that day and definitely walked me through how Charlie and I were going to meet. And it was all just so very surreal. And you know, it was crazy. Everybody was asking me like, what was it like to meet the Today Show crew? And I was like, what Today Show crew? I I don't remember it. I I only remember having Charlie in my hands. That's all I remember. Yeah, yeah, that was a big focus. Yes, and I did see it, and it was so beautiful. And it is so hard because our dogs are trained by these incredible trainers like Olivia and Katie, who they've worked so hard and so long with. And then when they transition to us, I was always worried because I use a wheelchair. And so I've always felt like my dogs, you know, didn't want to be with me because I was no fun. I couldn't run around and play with them. But it's so amazing how, like you said, these trainers like Olivia and Katie are so, so beautiful in how they hand off the dogs and help us to become that person with them and their handlers so it's so cool yeah yeah so tell us what tasks does charlie do for you 
Well, goodness, we spent two weeks for me just to learn all the tasks that Charlie does for me. First and foremost, he is a mobility support dog. Because of my traumatic brain injury, I do suffer from um, instability on my feet and lightheadedness, dizziness. So he will offer counterbalance when I'm walking or standing. Mm -hmm. And secondly, he is a seizure support dog. So if and when I go into seizure, he'll be there right by my side. If I need help, I can ask him to go get it should somebody be nearby. I'm also quite hard of hearing because of my blast exposure. I have hearing aids, but I refuse to wear them. (laughs) That's not uh, shocking, Stacey. Yep. (laughs) Charlie will alert me when the front somebody's knocking at the door and all that good stuff. Because uh, bending down, obviously, when I have dizzy spells, bending down can be very, very difficult. So he can retrieve items for me off the ground and he will push cabinets closed and things like that to just negate the having to bend down and and do that kind of stuff. Also, more importantly, when I'm out shooting, he will help me get off the ground. As a photographer, I'm on my knees and I'm standing up and I'm on my knees and standing up. And of course, um, being dizzy, uh, oftentimes can be difficult. So Charlie will be there to offer some counterbalance and support as I raise myself off the ground. That's wonderful. It's like he he has lots of dual roles because, I mean, it sounds like he really has a lot of different abilities, which is really wonderful and unusual with service dogs. They're usually mobility support or their seizure support or hearing support. They're not all of those things. So that's really wonderful and shows what a great dog he is, that he can perform all of those tasks. So yay, Charlie. That's awesome. I think Charlie is an absolutely amazing dog. And, and I think he was definitely the showcase of America's Vet Dog's ability to train dogs of a variety of different disciplines. And, you know, Charlie was also trained in a number of like wheelchair support and other types of assistance. So to have such a, an intelligent animal <laughs> makes me feel far inferior, <laughs> so, but it's a good thing. Wow, but it is a responsibility, yeah, to maintain all of his skills. And I'm sure you're learning all that as, as you guys work together about how, how you have to maintain all of that and make sure that, that Charlie gets the ongoing training that he needs. Yeah. yeah, that's so cool. Have you guys done a public access test yet? Is that part of your process with America's Vet Dogs? We have done a number of things. I absolutely believe that a public access test was in there at some point, and I just didn't know <laughs> I was being tested because I didn't want to put the pressure on me. But we went everywhere. We went we went to the mall before Christmas. It was bananas. And Charlie and I had only been together for like a week. It was crazy. We did literally everything. Yeah, that's so wonderful. Yeah, yeah, that's just amazing and and so awesome. So tell us more about what are you doing coming up in 2018, you and Charlie? Are you, uh, it sounds like you're still really, really engaged with the Veterans Portrait Project or what other things are on the horizon for you too? Well, Charlie and I are going to go out to Consumer Electronics in Vegas. That's in a about a week, actually. So Charlie and I are going to be out there on the big stage for Nikon USA, where I'll talk about photography and Charlie will be there in support of that. And we're going to be meeting like thousands of people in Vegas. It's going to be awesome. Uh, We also have a number of Veterans Portrait Project events lined up across the nation. But Charlie and I are going to do our first international trip together. I am teaching in Scotland. So Charlie will be going there with me probably in, let's see, I think late July. 
Wonderful. Oh, that sounds so great. Well, it sounds like you two are going to have quite the busy schedule. And and because of Charlie, you'll be able to keep a busy schedule, which is the ultimate goal, right? That he's giving you all this independence and opportunity, which is just so beautiful, Stacy. So happy for you two. Thank so you. I, I want to ask you, what would you tell other vets who might be thinking about getting a service dog after you begrudgingly applied and, and didn't want to? What would you tell other people who might be like you, who it's not obvious that you have a disability and it might not be for them? What advice or, or what thoughts would you have to share with them? My advice is that you would only know you best and it is okay to ask for help though it goes contrary to everything that we are in terms of being a military member. And a service dog can only enrich your life and offer not only these these skills that can help relieve the burdens of whatever challenges you're facing, but there's nothing more comforting than having the squidgy cheeks of a <laughs> pup in your lap to help tickle those little butterflies in your tummy and brighten your life and bring joy. And along with this joy comes independence and the ability to face each new challenge with a happier heart, honestly. Oh, well, that says it all, Stacy. I mean, that really does. And it is joy. I love that, that with the joy comes independence, because it's so true. And it, it is it is a commitment and it is work. But boy, is there a payoff. And that unconditional love, there's nothing like it. Yep. <laughs> well, tell our listeners how they could get more information about America's Vet Dogs, if they want to contribute or volunteer. What's the best way? Through their website? Or what would you recommend, Stacy? Well, America's Vet Dogs is out there on social media. It's at Vet Dogs. If you're on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, obviously you can go to americasvetdogs.org where you can find out about being, you know, a foster parent while the puppies are growing up. You can obviously have a monetary donation if you can contribute that. And then, you know what, if you want to have a wonderful birthday present for somebody throughout the year, you can buy a little plush Charlie toy and all the money goes to, back towards America's Vet Dogs and training a vet dog for a worthy veteran. That is so cool. You know you've arrived when there's a toy made after you yeah. and in honor of you. So that's so great. And who deserves that more than Charlie? Well, and do you and Charlie, I know you guys are going to be in Las Vegas, and I'm sure you're going to be all over making public appearances. But do you have a separate Instagram from America's Vet Dogs, or is it America's Vet Dogs where people can find you and Charlie? Well, Charlie and I have our own Instagram feed, and trust me, I am keeping everybody up to date whether they like it or not. So <laughs> feel free to find me. My Instagram handle is slpearsall. And I look forward to having y'all follow me. Yeah, well, I know Lovey and I will be following you too. So that sounds great. Well, thank you so much, Stacey, for being with us. We really appreciate you. And thank you for your service and for the incredible work that you continue to do with the Veterans Portrait Project. That's so wonderful. So thank you so much. And we hope you and Charlie will come back and tell us about your further adventures together. Let's do it. And thank you for having us. 
thank you, our listeners, for being with us. We love for you to join us, and we love to hear from you. So please keep those emails coming. And you know you can reach us at Marcy, M-A-R-C-I-E, at PetLifeRadio.com. And we love staying connected with you on Instagram and Facebook. So please keep sending us those photos. We love seeing you and your working dogs or your puppies that you're raising. So thank you so much. And if you have any questions or anybody that you want us to have on the show, we also love to hear that from you because you guys have some great suggestions. So thanks so much and take good care. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.